Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your new daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats right here in Lexington. And I am Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, coming to a website near you very soon. In the meantime, Curtis and I will be here Monday through Friday talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we will be here discussing it five days a week. And on this edition of the show, we are going to break down some football We're going to give some thoughts on the Central Michigan game, some over-unders, and then we're going to finish up our predictions for the season, and we're going to wrap uh, with a little bit of basketball talk. There was a mock draft, which is normally interesting to Kentucky fans because of the Kentucky players on it, but what I found most interesting on this one was the fact that there's a lot of opponents on it. All right, Kyle, um, let's jump in. Um, Central Michigan, we picked it last week, or two days ago, that Kentucky was going to win the game. Don't think that would be surprising. Comfortably. 17-point mm-hmm. favorites in Vegas. Yeah. Go to my bookie and bet on that. And um, so we, I thought we would go over some over-unders. First one, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. Josh Allen came back, had a chance to be drafted, would have been drafted. In Pretty the, high, probably, yeah, in the NFL and, draft. And so now he's back, and he's going up against the Central Michigan line, who, from what I read, is trying to put some new pieces in there. So, in theory, he should have a big day. So, we'll set the over-under at one and a half tackles for loss for Josh Allen. Kyle, are you taking over or under? I'll take the over. I think he's going to have a big season uh, for his career. I'm sorry, for the last just the last two seasons. Um, he's had 19 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, um, was Kentucky's biggest disruptor. And especially against lesser competition, out of the gate last year, what was like the first seven games, I think he had at least one tackle for loss. Um, he, he's just going to overwhelm uh, lesser opponents, and especially when he's fresh coming right out of the gate. He's been had the entire offseason. He's coming out to prove that he, he's better at some things. He's, you know, I think he's tried to get bigger, put on some size, um, add some things to his repertoire. To, to He wants to solidify himself as a first-round draft pick um, and with a chance to do that against maybe a shaky Central Michigan offensive line, uh, I think he'll he'll come out swinging, and, and I like him. I, I definitely like him at one-and-a-half tackles for loss. I think he might have more than that just in the sack category. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, and I read that two things, interesting notes from Central Michigan's offensive line. One, they have a converted tight end. He played tight end last season. The whole plan was, I think, for this year for him to play, but if he was t- playing tight end last year, that kind of tells you his body type. And along those same lines – I think the average weight of the starting line is about 285 or something around that. A little bit undersized. Josh Allen should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he has a big day. Yep. I think a bunch of guys do. And, um, and we'll all right. get to some more of those. Yeah. Terry Wilson, name starter. Uh, he was pretty confident when he spoke to the media the other day. Talked about how he's gained respect and how he wants to be the leader. We're going to do total yardage. Does he get over or under? 250 total yards, running and throwing combined. I'm going to say under on this one, and that's not really a, a slight on on him or really a much of a prediction of how well I think he'll play. I just think, uh, and we'll get to this one too, I, I think the running game will have a great deal of success. I think they'll get up big on this team and, and not want to take a bunch of risks. Um and, and I think because of that too, we may, you know, there, this may be an opportunity to see his backup, Gunnar Hoke. I think Mark Stoops has made, a, made it clear he'd love to see both guys. Uh, I, I think he wants to really stick with one starter and, and, and 
not have a short leash for Terry Wilson. But if you're in a blowout, I think ideally you do get the other guy some reps because because none of your quarterbacks have, have a lot mm-hmm. of experience. So uh, I kind of think they'll get up big without him putting up big numbers, and then we'll either see Gunnar Hoke or we'll, we'll see them just kind of grind it out on the ground. Um, so I'm going to say under there. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say over, and it, but it's to your point, to a certain extent, I think they're going to just completely sell out on Benny Snell, and I think what's going to happen is Terry Wilson will have two plays – one will be a run where you know he'll he'll pull it and no one will be there and he'll go for fifty yards. So that's you know what a fifth of the yardage we're asking for him to get. And another play, maybe he'll make a throw for forty yards because someone cheated up on on Benny Snell. So I think that's why he goes over. And I think they might, while they would love to see Gunnar Hoke, I think if he's going well, they might want to leave him in just a hair longer than normal, just so he can get a few more reps and get ready for the next game against Florida. All right, so we're different there. We'll wrap up with Benny Snell on these over-unders. Benny Snell, you want to do the, the note from Corey Price on Twitter? This was, I don't have it. You, uh, I, I have you pulled it. it up. You, you this, read it. This is unbelievable. Okay, so there's four players in the SEC history to have 2,400 career rushing yards and at least 30 career rushing touchdowns. Going into their junior season. Prior to their junior season. Obviously, we just mentioned Benny Snell as one of them. The other three, Herschel Walker, no Sean Moreno, and Leonard Fournette, pretty good, pretty good crop. That's I mean, <laughs> Fournette and for for sure, Fournette and uh, and Herschel are all time greats. Uh, and and no Sean Moreno, he kind of gets forgotten about, but he was he was a bad bad dude. Um, so that's good company. Benny Snell's got twenty four hundred and twenty four yards and thirty two touchdowns in two seasons at Kentucky, uh, coming off last year in which he led the the SEC in regular season total rushing yards. Um, yeah, I, I think. So oh, we haven't even said what our over under is. It's I, we set it at 150 rushing yards over under for Benny. I'm going over on that one, Curtis. Um, you know, a few a few things. Central Michigan uh, last year ranked 88th in the country uh, in run defense, and then from that defense, they lost their defensive lineman who had 20 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, and even with him, seven times last year they allowed more than 150 rushing yards. Three times last year, Central Michigan allowed 300 plus rushing yards. Um, and Benny Snell to close out the regular season, we discount the bowl game for obvious reasons because <laughs> yeah. uh, Benny Snell didn't need any help up from the referee and 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 got ejected from that game. The last five regular season games for Benny. 180, 176, 116, 94, and 211. He averaged 155 yards per game over the last five games last season. And those were probably better opponents uh, than Central Michigan is. So I, unless he's dinged up in some way, and I know he was a little bit gimpy, I think, early in camp, um, I think he's fine now. And he, he'll he be another guy who will be chomping at the bit, another guy who is trying to set a tone, uh, get some attention, uh, pro, prove to some NFL scouts that he's a pro back. I think he comes out and posts a big number. So I'm going definitely over on Benny Snell. I'm going under because I think they want to work in AJ Rose and Saheem King. This is one of the few few times this year that they'll be able to lean on guys that aren't the main guy, in, in my opinion. So they'll want to save some carries for Benny Snell. He, I mean, if you look back at last season, in all actuality, if you just looked at it, You'd say that he ran the ball way too much. He had too much of the workload. I don't know if you can really expect him to sustain that again. you got to have some capable backups because if there is any time that he does get dinged, you want to be able to go somewhere else in the backfield 
And as you just mentioned, the bowl game, they were kind of searching in that situation, <laughs> and they really couldn't find anybody. So I think they're going to work in the other guys. He's going to go over 100, but won't get to 150. And I think I'll probably get a couple touchdowns as well. So he'll still have a great day, but I just don't think it's going to be a monster one. So to review, we both think Kentucky wins this game comfortably. I got him 30, 37 to 17. Okay. Are you, we're picking a score? That's All what, right. Oh, I just did. All right. Uh, then I'll, on the spot, I'll say, um, I'll say 42 14. Um, I think it's going to be a route. Um, and to review, I've got Benny Snell over 150 yards uh, rushing, Terry Wilson under 250 total yards of offense, Josh Allen over one and a half tackles for loss. Curtis has Benny Snell under 150 rushing. Uh, Terry Wilson over 250 total, and we both agree on the Josh Allen over one and a half tackles for loss. So we'll uh, we'll revisit these next week. I, I think when we'll I'm probably right. make it a habit of doing this. Uh, when we were at SEC Country, we actually did posts of this yeah. over unders every week, and they were actually really kind of fun. I enjoyed that, and I'd, I'd like to continue that. I think we'll make that a regular feature during the football season. Maybe we'll carry it over with some things into basketball season. Um, some sort of within the game uh, predictions, and, and we'll keep maybe we'll keep score and see and which win. one of us is a moron. All right, uh, quick note. Then we got to add. Then we're going to co- pick the rest of the season. Landon Young had surgery. Jen Smith of the Herald Leader reported this today to repair a lateral meniscus in his left knee. There was not a torn ligament of any kind. So while still serious, obviously because he's going to miss the season. Right. Um, it isn't as serious as it, as it could have been. That sounds like great news. I mean, and I, you know, I don't want to be a doctor here, but like, if you make a bowl game, does does he have a mm-hmm. chance to come back and kind of start working himself, or, or if nothing else, in those bowl practices, yeah, um, giving himself a chance um, to come back better next year. That that's I would think really really good news that it's not an ACL, that there's not other uh, ligament damage. It sounded kind of scary at the at the start, but get you get your starting left tackle. Um, back healthy next year will be a pretty big deal. So the wait is nearly over, you guys. Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place for you to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever, Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. To get into this free $250 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's just jump in. Is Kentucky going to beat Vandy, Kyle? All right, so we're picking we're picking the back half of the schedule here. Uh, I think we both had them four and two, right, in the first half of the schedule. Yes. I had them with wins over Central Michigan at Florida. I think we both made that leap uh, against home against Murray State, losing at home against Mississippi State. Winning at home against South Carolina, losing at Texas A&M. Do we pick the exact same four yes, we results? Did. Okay, so that's what we you both. Copied me. That's what we both think on the front half. Four and two. So you gotta you gotta find two wins in the back six games to get back to a third consecutive bowl game, which 
you know, some people would probably poo-poo if that's if you sneak in, if you just barely make it. But going to three straight bowl games at Kentucky and given where they were six years without a bowl game would be significant. So can they can they find six? Um, that first game in the second half of the schedule, Vanderbilt at home, then at Missouri, home against Georgia, at Tennessee, MTSU, and then at Louisville. Um, I, I think they get to five wins right away. Uh, I think they beat Vandy at home. Um, they've established some, um, I don't know about dominance, but they've established some, I think, confidence that they can beat Vandy again after having some struggles with that in the downturn. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say there other than I just think Kentucky across the board is more talented uh, in a better situation right now as a program and playing at home. More talented, and it's a home game, so Kentucky wins. What about at Missouri? This is interesting because Missouri's gotten some kind of buzz, I think largely around the quarterback who's unbelievable. I mean, his performance last year in Lexington was just something to watch. I mean, it was one of those deals where Kentucky was lucky to come out on top, but Drew Locke is just a star, and I think some projections have him maybe as a top quarterback in the NFL draft. Now, obviously, there's some questions around him. What else does does Mizzou have? Um, But it's on the road, so I'll pick first, and I say Kentucky's going to lose that game. Missouri got really hot last year, and they will overcome the fact that their offensive coordinator is Derek Dooley and win the game. See, that's I think that's probably my hesitation <laughs> is, you know, I I like Drew Locke. I think he I think he's a good quarterback um, and he did put up good numbers against Kentucky. Um, it has played well against Kentucky, but I, I don't know. I remain skeptical of Missouri. That's another program that Kentucky has found a way to, to carve out some wins these last over the last uh, three or four years um, overcome, you know, the the couple areas of strength it's it's a crazy to me that missouri went joined the league went back to back sec east titles and then kind of cratered a little bit and now there's a little more hype for him again drew lock just to go over these numbers 3,964 yards passing 44 touchdown passes against 13 interceptions last year um Man, I'm almost talking myself out of this, but I think Kentucky goes to Mizzou and wins. I think they're going to win. They're going to win at least one road game in the back half of the schedule, um, and I think it's I think it's at Missouri. I agree with you on that front, but I don't think it's going to be at Missouri. So stay tuned to find out which one I pick. Next game is a home game against. I, did I see that Georgia has a better chance of making the college football playoff in one of those FPI things than than Bama? I think that's largely based in the fact that they're in the East, but I thought I saw in one of those projections that... It's probably true. I mean, yeah. it probably makes sense. Uh, From I, a number standpoint, because Alabama's schedule right. being in the West is a little bit tougher. They'll have to face Mississippi State and Auburn, and you know they start against Louisville, um, but they're going to demolish them because Louisville's made them mad. Uh, but Georgia is like Bama Jr. And they're yeah, and I don't know about how much Junior it yeah. is. I mean, it's just Bama 2.0. Um Go ahead and make your pick, and then I'll make I mine. Just, I don't uh, think we need to waste a whole yeah, lot of time George here. is just so talented. They have so much coming back. The quarterback situation is kind of solidified. I think they'll they'll end up winning. Kentucky will probably – I think Kentucky will have fight. They normally play Georgia good most seasons. There's been obviously some stinkers, but that just happens almost all the time. I think they'll, they'll put up a good fight, but it will ultimately be a loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to say other than this just the one team on the schedule – uh, that I don't think they can beat. Um, you know, I think there's some other teams that, given if you change the location, 
Kentucky to have a more of a fighting chance in. I don't think it matters with Georgia. Georgia is just by far the best team on their schedule, so that's a loss. Then they go to Knoxville. Another new coach. I guess this is the first new coach in the second half of the schedule for Kentucky. So four total new coaches Kentucky will be facing off against this year. Jeremy Pruitt in there, and you know what he did? He got in there and he took music away from practice. (laughs) Super serious guy. And uh, from a picture I saw of his coaching staff, he doesn't like to hire guys with hair, apparently. He's a bald-headed dude, and all his staff's bald-headed dudes. Tennessee was terrible last year. They have a lot of talent. I don't know if he'll be able to whip them into shape or not, but I think Kentucky's going to win this game. They're going to go to Knoxville and win this game for the first time, and I don't even know how long. I think this could be, you know, this could be a, another kind of defining thing. Uh, if you want to make it a negative, which is, would be tough to do, but I can do it real quick. If the season goes to this point the way I just projected it, Kentucky would have two huge wins, breaking a streak at Florida and breaking a a road losing streak against Tennessee and both of them would happen on the road. And so people that come to the games wouldn't have been able to kind of experience that. But I would suggest Kentucky fans go to Knoxville. It's a short drive, a huge stadium. I'm guessing you'll be able to get tickets because I don't think Tennessee is going to be anything special this year. Well, Curtis, to refer to a couple of your points there, uh, it's been, yeah, it has been a long time. It's been 1984 since Kentucky won a game in Knoxville. That's a long time. Uh, that is a very long time. And they've only won twice in the series since 1984, both at home. And one of those was last year. The other was with a quarter, uh, a wide receiver playing quarterback. And last year, as you point out, Tennessee was terrible. At home, Kentucky managed to win barely against a terrible Tennessee team. And now uh, Tennessee goes. They get rid of their goofball uh, cliche, coaching cliche machine, Butch Jones, and they bring in another limb from the Nick Saban tree um, and the Kirby Smart tree. And, I, you know, I, I think um, I think he'll get them going. I, I, I'm a little skeptical. I, I, I think Kirby is probably the best of the Sabanites. Um, is that what those, we're calling them? Some of those other guys haven't done as well. Um, but I like that. I like that hire. And I even though I have picked them to win at Florida – where they not only haven't won at Florida, they haven't won in the series in 31 years. Uh, I'm going to pick them to. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick them to go do that twice in the season and go win in Knoxville. I just think. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't pick them to do two historic things on the road in one season. Uh, and I think earlier in the year is a good time to catch a new coach and 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 some transition later in the year is a tougher time i think tennessee will probably find some footing late in the year and so i'm going to say a loss middle tennessee comes to lexington so kentucky has a little tennessee portion of the schedule here middle was very good last year it's a tricky little game i think they will just win i'll just go to the same kind of thought process i had with Vandy, they're more talented, and it's a home game, so Kentucky is going to win. I think they'll be riding high at this point. That'll be their seventh win of the year. We feel in pretty good. They'll have recovered after the the Georgia game, and I think you know that'll be leading into the Louisville game. There'll be a lot of excitement from Kentucky fans because they'll have another season with seven wins. Yeah, I'm not going to dance around. I mean, I think Kentucky wins this game, but it is a tricky little one. Um, MDSU went and uh, won at Syracuse last year. Uh, went seven and six. Went to a bowl game. Um, got a good quarterback. The coach's son, Stockstill. Um, 
I think he's still there. I, I probably should have. Yeah, he was a junior last year. Um, I, I think it. I think it, this would be one of those games where people start squirming in their seats, you know, in the second quarter. But Kentucky's just gonna eventually overwhelm with the talent disparity, and they pick up that win. Uh, which, by the way, I should have said I, I picked them to win Vandy and at Mizzou. That gets them bowl eligible in game eight, in my yeah. predictions here. Um, with a couple losses in a row in, on my uh, predictions here, Georgia and at Tennessee. Win against MTSU gets you to seven, uh, seven and four with a chance to win eight games for the first time in 34 years. Yeah, so right now, you know, Kyle and I are at the same record. We flip flop the Mizzou and Tennessee games for wins for Kentucky. Um, but, you know, you go into this last game of the season at Louisville. <laughs> it seems like headlines continue to come out of Louisville for all kinds of things, including a, a nepotism uh, clarification or something that came out the other day. Tom, about, Jer- Tom Jurich's son, is that what you're talking no, about? No. Oh. Bobby, but there was a oh, Petrino's kid. Petrino's son and son-in-laws, two son-in-laws are both on the staff, and Louisville had to, they had to release something about how that isn't, a violation of nepotism laws because they report to somebody else and they had to set up all these things. Listen, Louisville right now is just a headline generating machine. They just can't stop themselves. And it's not a not very much positive. So very little. I by this point, new this quarterback season, Lamar Jackson's gone. Jawan Puma Pass, uh, great nickname, is the new guy. Everybody hopes he's Lamar 2.0, but I think that's a lot to put on that kid. Yeah, there's no way he's Lamar 2.0 because. Lamar Jackson was a Heisman Trophy winner, one of the historic players ever. I think it would be if Kentucky won this game, like it, people would be would go find some kind one of those chairs that they used to have the pharaohs in, and they would like, <laughs> carry Markov. They, they would take him from oh. Louisville back to yeah. Lexington because that would be their eighth win for the yeah. first time since uh, you know decades and decades ago. You beat your rival. It would just put the cherry on top of a fantastic season. But again, it just I'm going to go where it, I think it's close and it's a home game for Louisville. I think Louisville is going to win and Kentucky's going to finish the season again 7 and 5. I'm I'm right there with you. I think they go into this game with a chance to go 8 and 4, a chance to make that next step to you know, jump up one more rung. Um and I think I think that however they get there whether it's where I say they win at Mizzou and you say they win at Tennessee and vice versa. If they if they get to that point and they can finish it and win at Louisville, beat your rival, get to eight and four, have eight regular season wins, I think for the first time since nineteen eighty four, which was the last time they won in Knoxville. Um it's an unquestioned success. I think I don't think any fan would be able to really complain unless they have along the way one of those four losses is another one like Florida or Ole Miss last year where they have something more right there on the hook and blow it. But um, I think they go into this game with that chance. And like you, though, I'm skeptical that they can finish it. Um, I think playing on the road in Louisville will be tough. Every year, it seems like, in this rivalry. um, Well, not every year because they got smoked last year. But most of the last, what, four years, um, it's been a battle going one way or the other, kind of a scratch and claw type of game. Um, I I, I like the home team more often than not in this situation. All right, we're going to end so the So seven and five, two seven, seven and five. Seven and five for both of us. I think that would please a lot of people. This is a, I don't necessarily think overall it's a tougher schedule than last season, um, but the games, the location of the games with the, the winna, more winnable ones being on the road make it, you know, uh, when 
I should say it like this. Just the teams from this year to last year, pretty much the same in my opinion from strength, but the winnable games being on the road this season make it a little bit more tougher overall. So I think 7-5 and five would be a success. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast with a little bit of basketball talk. But before that, I wanted to let you guys know about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best in the business. They've been in business for years and have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there who just signed up for FanDuel, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now. My book, you will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE. That's ONCOLLEGE, O-N college to activate this offer visit my bookie today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use that promo code on college when creating your account to claim the bonus you play you win you get paid you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast espn came out with a new mock draft for next season in the nba and no surprise to most people Keldon Johnson's on it from Kentucky. P.J. Washington's on it from Kentucky. And I think that was it. That's actually a little bit low. Maybe that's a surprising part of it, um, Kyle. And obviously, we'll get into that as the season goes on. But what stood out to me was this. Of the top, I think, 10 players, Kentucky's going to face seven of them. R.J. Barrett, uh, Nasir Little, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, Quentin Grimes, and Darius Garland are all in the top 10, and they all play for Kentucky opponents. So this season for basketball, you normally see a lot of NBA talent in the Kentucky blue, but now it's going to be on the other side as well. Yeah, I mean, some of that's non-conference, but the league has gotten better as well. Uh, I don't think you mentioned in that top 10, Jonte Porter, Michael Porter's brother, who decided to come back. He's probably in the first round, I would assume. He is, I, I have them as well. There's the other two. If you extend it out to 13, there's two more that Kentucky will face. Um, Gafford from Arkansas was very, number very good, very long. Was number player. eleven, and uh, Porter was thirteen. So two, that's that's uh, what'd you say? Seven in that's the top nine. ten, nine lottery picks, yeah. nine projected lottery picks. Um, yeah, I I really like uh, I really like Gafford uh, at Arkansas. Um, I was a little surprised that. Jonte Porter didn't go with his brother into the draft. I was more surprised um, that Gafford didn't go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both those are guys who could have easily gone and probably been first-round draft picks. Um, I think are definitely going to be first-round draft picks this year. The Duke, obviously that Duke matchup in the first game uh, has uh, – did you say Reddish? Was he in the top ten? Yes. yes. So all three of those those elite guys, Reddish, uh, Zion Williamson, and, and uh, R.J. Barrett, that's three right there in one yeah. game, which will probably be, probably be the most attended uh, NBA scout college basketball game or, or that event with uh, yeah. Kansas and Michigan State as well. It'll just be wall-to-wall NBA scouts. Um, just to clarify for people who all those other guys are that play for, what, what's the rest of that list? Quentin Grimes plays for Kansas. Yeah. Kentucky uh, recruit. He's a really, really nice uh, combo guard. I yeah, liked I him thought, a lot. I thought he was one of the more impressive players at the Nike Hoop Summit. Nassar, 
Nasir Little, who went to who's going to UNC, he like rocketed up the the ratings late in his career. He gives everything he's got. Yeah, Roy's finally you know the the knock on him, even though he was winning at a high level, was he wasn't recruiting at a high level. He wasn't getting some of these guys that Calipari and K has gotten, and he's he has chipped away and and uh, knocked out a couple of these five star top guys. Little will be a big big ad for them. And then Darius Garland. Vanderbilt guy. That's uh, yep. I really really like his game. He's just a he's slightly undersized, but he plays super hard. I think that'll be a, a fun fun matchup for Kentucky's kind of point guard position. However, they end up shaking it down. But Ashton Hagen's on him. Oh, yep. that'll be must see TV. Well, you got they've got Simi Shitu. They put together I think a top really ten good. recruiting yeah. class. Uh, they were in the mix to the very end with Romeo Lankford. Um, I, I like Vanderbilt this season. I like. I, I'm a believer in their coach, uh, Drew, and and so um, the league's going to be super fun this yeah. year. And then they've got you know I would say as good a non-conference uh, as anybody in college basketball. It's going to be a, a really fun schedule for a good team. Last thing of note on the mock draft, in my opinion, was that two Mega B Max players were on that. They were in the second round, forty-nine and fifty. I'm not going to try to pronounce their names, but that kind of does show that reaffirms the fact that they beat Michigan. Now, you know, they're showing up in these mock drafts. That means that that team was talented and that the fact that Kentucky just completely demolished them still, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen them sort of referred to, and I, and I think, again, it, to, to, um, to quote uh, Brendan Quinn at The Athletic who covers Michigan and Michigan State, I think he, he talked to some, some various folks who are really familiar with that program and college basketball and estimated them to be about a top 40 RPI team. So in an NCAA tournament team, basically yeah. in Kentucky, uh, smashed them. Were the two guys in that that are the the mega Bmax guys that are in the mock draft? Did they both play against Kentucky? I think so. I didn't double check. Good analysis, Curtis. Anyway, it's a good team. That was a good win. That's a, a nice little sneak preview of what Kentucky might be. Um, and then we won't have to wait long to really know because. Game one, Duke and three top 10 picks. Yep. If you're interested in advertising on this podcast, you know, if you're listening, your customers are probably listening, give us a shout, lockedonkentucky at gmail.com. We'll hook you up with all the information. I am Curtis Birch. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I'm Kyle Tucker. You can follow me at Kyle Tucker underscore SEC. However, and wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, comment, and then share it with anybody else who you think would like it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.